So I'm saying, how was there no one night stands among the Avengers? I'm telling you're, you're you right now. You're telling me that Steve and Tony <laughs> ain't just going to town on each other? Come on now. Monday and welcome to the Geek Squared Show, the show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name's Emma. I'm Tilly. And today we are notably unspooky. We are going to be talking about She-Hulk this episode because the we're playing a little bit of catch up after spooky season because we wanted all of our October episodes to be about spooky season because we love it so much. Before we start, did you know, did you freaking know, dude, the mass Singer stole our color scheme this season. The Masked Singer is one of my guilty pleasure shows and their theme this season, I believe it's like Kings and Queens. Mm. And whenever they have two people facing off against each other, one side of the stage is red and the other side of the stage is purple. I don't think we have red and purple trademarks. Listen, <laughs> we could, they've been listening. But you know what? It's actually very reassuring because those two colors look great together. I've been saying this. <laughs> These are power colors. I, we I, got them. Like, it's not like I didn't know. It's just reaffirming when you see it on a... Freaking mass Singer. It's not great. But it's everybody has a guilty pleasure show. Sure. Yeah. And that's mine. Yeah, that's fine. There is a Red Hulk. There is a Red Hulk. Anyway, this episode's about She-Hulk. <laughs> Anyways, this is our designer's special. We just talk about colors all day. <laughs> so She-Hulk is the most recent addition to the MCU Disney Plus series lineup. Follows the adventures of 30-something-year-old Jen Walters, who is not only trying to navigate life as a single and ready-to-mingle 30-something female lawyer, but also a single and, what did I say? Ready-to-mingle female lawyer, who also happens to be the cousin of Bruce Banner and has an accident that now has made her a Hulk. Nine episodes of nothing but wacky surprises filled with some of the most out-of-pocket cameos. So if you haven't seen the show, that all will not make sense. If you have, it all will make sense. <laughs> we are going to get into it. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the show or if you've only seen some of it, we're going to be talking about all of it. So do we want to give a rating right off the top? I don't know. I, I feel kind of torn on this one, mm -hmm. but I'll give it a, a generous seven. Interesting. Okay. So I had low expectations for the show. As did I. Right away. I remember us even saying that we probably could make it a mini-sode. We didn't think that it was going to be enough to make it a full episode. And I was very surprised. I enjoyed almost every minute of it. I enjoyed it probably as much as Miss Marvel, the last MCU series, which I gave a six out of 10. So I gave She-Hulk just because objectively it wasn't as good as Miss Marvel. I gave it a five out of 10. Even though I loved it, I had to be objective about it. I just knocked off that. Uh, you know what? I'm also going to give it a six. You've convinced okay, me. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was trying to stay objective because thinking back on it, I really liked this, but is it really a great show? Who's, I don't know, like sometimes... I'm just going to give it a six. I'm just going to put my personal taste in there and bump yeah. it up. <laughs> hey, listen, this is our show, okay? <laughs> you're right. You're right. I felt like even though this show was set up in an episodic way where everything was tied up at the end of every episode, it wasn't like Falcon and the Winter Soldier where it just seemed like one continuous storyline. Even though it was always wrapped up at the end, I felt like the show had no breaks. There was just always yes. something unexpected happening or something to wonder about or look forward to or ask questions about, even though it was a sitcom. 
it was a weird hybrid format because it was a sitcom, but it was still drama slash drama. crime slash yeah. superhero. And then slash... I'm saying like there's also something to look forward to at the end of every episode or partway through the episode. There's some mystery to unravel. I don't know what to classify this as. <laughs> It's a um, genre all its own. Dare I say an abomination? You know what? That's a good word for it. But somehow in like the best way. Yes, I agree. I liked it. Obviously, I didn't give it a 10. So there's some right. parts that are like... It had its faults. Not well done, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I started watching when there was three episodes already. Mm-hmm. So like I'd already seen all the hate on it. And like, right. oh, it, this, that, whatever. It's like some of it's warranted. Some yeah. of it's not. But yeah, I would say most of it's not. This is our show. So we're going to talk about what we think. Exactly. And I think I speak for both of us when I say we have been pretty big Marvel fans since Spider-Man came out in 2002. What is soon to be 21 years of Marvel, 15 of which will be MCU Disney films, Paramount and then Disney, I should clarify. I did find myself craving something different. Yes. When I first heard about She-Hulk, here I'm thinking, okay, first of all, She-Hulk wasn't nearly as popular comic-wise as some of the other superheroes, the other Marvel superheroes. I feel like there's an argument that Jen Walters slash She-Hulk is a more interesting main character than say, I don't know, Bruce Banner. (laughs) I would also fully agree. And you know what? That formulated superhero origin story, because it is so set in stone, is just begging to be parodied. Mm -hmm. So I like that they finally took the chance on something that you wouldn't expect to be a parody. What I'm trying to say in one sentence to sum it up is I didn't expect it to be so funny. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Agreed. I thought it was going to be like kid oriented Mm, interesting because i thought that we don't need another hulk in the adult scene Mm -hmm. so i thought Mm -hmm. oh maybe jen walters will like give these kids a a pillar to stand on or whatever and then we got the total opposite opposite. this woman does not want anything to do with them kids nothing (laughs) nothing nothing she is single and ready to mingle single ready to mingle (laughs) dranking stanking hanky panking hanky (laughs) panking Jen Walters is just so, like, right off the bat, charismatic, hilarious, admirable. She's good at her job. She wants to be good at her job. She doesn't even want to be a superhero. She's like, I just want to be a good lawyer. Good role model. Also, Uh, you know what? I'd like to, I'm actually going to up my score. (laughs) 7.5. Okay, okay. I'll accept it. I'm going to stay. This happens every time we we start getting into it and I start, like, my memory. Processing it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, actually, no, it was better than Mm -hmm. a 7. So Mm 7.5. What warrants the um, up in scale there? The start to finish arc. I'll give it a 7.5 for progression. Fair. It helped that Jen Walters was all these things we're saying charismatic very funny she could stand beside all of these huge cameos that we got i mean meg the stallion aside but i'm talking like established marvel characters that mm. also appeared in this show i mean we had bruce banner wong how are you gonna stand beside wong you gotta be benedict cumberbatch Yo, as far them as two, them two freaking so did great wongers <laughs> dude get them in a movie <laughs> I would watch it. Wong just constantly at his wit's end. (laughs) Wongers! Wongers! (laughs) Here, have a drink, bud. (laughs) (laughs) But then they actually got along. They were watching Sopranos. Yeah. It was so funny to see all these Marvel characters so out of character. I ate it up like candy. Makes them more human. Yeah. Like you can't be responsible all the time. Mm -hmm. And then we got Tim Roth as chill Emil Blonsky. I very much enjoy, A, that we're getting an explanation as to why Wong and Abomination work together, Mm -hmm. but also just the return of Abomination. Yeah. And the fact that he's not a villain. Mm -hmm. There's been enough hate on the Incredible Hulk movie of 2008. <laughs> but Tim Roth was good in it. Yeah. You can't deny. He's good in everything. Yeah. The fact that he was down to be in She-Hulk after all these years. After all the hate that he yeah, received. true. They did a really good job of, of redeeming. Not that he needed to be redeemed, but they did a good job of reintroducing the character. Unexpected shift, but the whole point of the show is to be unexpected. Mm-hmm. So I'm down. It's almost 
alternate universe like? It could be. We don't know. But it seems like this is Nexus timeline. I could be entirely wrong. If they get hate on any show or movie or whatever, it's like, sorry, wrong timeline. (laughs) (laughs) We'll fix that later. Look at No Way Home. So many timelines. Anyways. (laughs) Let's move on. The other reason I want to give this series a lot of credit is because the character of She-Hulk didn't have a super solid footing to begin with. The She-Hulk comics rely heavily on Bruce Banner, and it's all about him saving Jen because they had to do a blood transfusion after she got attacked by a mob, and he was the only one who could do it, so that's how she got his blood in her bloodstream. And then he was struggling with, because he sees his power as a curse, or he did in the comic books. In the MCU, we're now seeing Smart Hulk, who has come to terms with his inner demons. But in the comic books, there is a long period of time where he he just can't do that. He's not ready. He sees it as a curse forever. And he struggles with the fact that now he has cursed his cousin. So it really does focus more on developing Hulk's character, just introducing this She-Hulk as well. She was like the catalyst for the rest of his journey. But head writer on the show, Jessica Gao, straight up said like, nah, we're not doing that. We're changing it. Origin's going to be real quick. It's going to be one episode long. Barely. And, yeah, barely. And then Jen Walters is going to take off and live her best life forever and ever and ever until the last episode, but (laughs) for the most of this, she was living her best life. I also liked that it was a very feminist portrayal of She-Hulk because, I mean, look at the comics. (laughs) Big boobus. Yes. to say the very least. So that made me nervous. I mean, for lack of a better term, I was very afraid it was going to be very male gazy. Not one bit. (laughs) However, however, I will argue that She-Hulk is pretty hot. Just She-Hulk or Jen and She-Hulk? I like both. Okay. Concur. They turned her into a way more genuine character. Yeah, it's not she's just not, it's not just cleavage and abs. Yeah, she's not just a prop, which I mean that saved the series, to be honest. However, why'd they have to make She Hulk work? <laughs> because she can. That's what I mean. Like, it's a very feminist portrayal because it's not like, oh, let's make She-Hulk twerk because it's it's hot. It's sexy. You know, it was like I, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Let's make She-Hulk twerk. No, let's let's let She-Hulk twerk on her own accord because it's just fun. Yeah. And that's really what this whole series is about. Why make this decision? Because it's fun. Why have a one night stand between Daredevil and She-Hulk? Because it's fun. Yo, the walk of shame. It was Frickin genius. It was so Daredevil genius. without his friggin shoes on. It was poking fun at itself again, because how, especially in the case of the Avengers, how are you going to have all these people together and nobody, you know, nobody. Well, because listen, (laughs) hold on now. The Disney movies, like the movies Mm -hmm. for the kids. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But theoretically, you're right. How are you going to be like, wow, the world might end. You're telling me, (laughs) you're telling me, Natasha and Bruce Banner weren't doing the doodad. They could have. Did you see how he reacted <laughs> when she died? That ain't a man who's a friend. <laughs> okay, you, you throwing benches? But that, I mean, okay, I can't say anything because Daredevil and She-Hulk did end up together. So I'm saying how was there no one night stands among the Avengers? I'm telling you're, you right you're telling now. me that Steve and Tony <laughs> ain't just going to town on each other? Come on now. They were like, listen, 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 listen. Thanos has snapped the world. And now we got a snap and, what is it? Bend and snap. Snap and crackle and pop. (laughs) Anyway, it just made me happy. It made me laugh. It's it's hilarious. The concept is so funny. I think it definitely, like the fact that it didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, that was a blessing. The fourth wall break as it progressed and we see her literally come through Disney Plus. Oh my God, that was so funny. I'm going to say it right now. K-E-V-I-N is my favorite character. (laughs) Okay, so that, that was like the cherry on top for the haters. 
Yeah. I feel like as soon as they saw that, they were ready to throw their TV out a window. Yes. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, first of all, I love this. I love things that are so self-aware that they're not afraid to just go off the walls bananas, but then also return to where they, they needed to be in the end. Absolute genius, first of all. And also egging on these fans who were throwing so much hate at this show. The fact that it has a 85% on the tomato meter from critics and a 34% audience rating means the show did what it set out to do because it's poking so much fun at itself and so much fun at its fans. We're, you know, we're poking we're all this fun. Yeah, stories. yeah, we're ruining it. Look at us go. And then it introduced the She-Hulk hate group, which exists in real life. And all these people who are hating on it are like, this show is so dumb. This show doesn't need to exist. They should just make it not canon. This is what was supposed to happen. So even though it has that low audience rating, I think that was the idea. And now that being said, I wasn't surprised that She-Hulk faced backlash. Having a female protagonist already starts a movie or a series lower than if it had a male protagonist, unfortunately. That's how the world works. Misogyny, we're, we're rooted in it, unfortunately. We're trying to deconstruct, but it is going to be a long battle. So I wasn't surprised that it faced backlash. I was surprised at the amount of backlash. So I thought it was going to be more. Because I saw a lot of positive reactions. I feel like there's three very defined groups of fans within the MCU. There's people that cannot and will not allow any deviation mm -hmm. from the original stories. Right. And then there's a subcategory within there. We don't need philosophy. Yeah, just give us superhero. Exactly. Pow, pow, bang, bang. Yes. And then there's the fan base. They will not allow any criticism at all. And it's like, we gotta. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. otherwise, it's just gonna be poop all mm -hmm, the time. Mm -hmm. But those are very small groups. Yes. In relativity to the majority of fans, such as ourselves, who are just like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in the middle. I, I feel like as humans, we have to sometimes take a step back from ourselves and be a little less reverent about our own opinions. Everybody has their own interpretation of things. She-Hulk did comment a little bit on this too because it had so much to do with social media and hate groups run through social media. I mean, anything that you think or feel, you do, like as humans, we want to share that with people. We want to, whether it's our friend group or the entire world or 600 of our closest friends on Instagram, you want to share your opinion on something. At the end of the day, that's still just your opinion. There are things like that are black and white very blatantly. We can't sit here and say Kanye says racism doesn't exist. And that's his opinion. That is straight up misinformation. Can we just subcategorize Kanye as, as his, his own, own entity? Yes. Like and he is. He's he not... is beyond opinions. <laughs> he has no opinions. He's just misinformation. Anyway, anyway, I don't know if what I'm getting at here is being facetious at this point. Getting out of the stratosphere. Rooting the myself. K-E-V-I-N. <laughs> mooting. Mooting. Moot. Moot the point. Moot the point. Show's over. Thanks for listening. What I'm trying to say, getting my feet back in, in the dirt, is that there is a very logical explanation for the She-Hulk hate. This series just unabashedly calls out misogyny within a major plot point, And, you know, people just don't like to be called out. Pointing out that there are hate groups that exist only to tear down women or one particular woman is woke culture. I feel like people have almost weaponized the term woke culture. There's no grounded definition for woke culture. It can mean anything anybody wants it to mean. Who needs to be awake when you can be enlightened? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And as soon as one person twists it, then it's twisted, period. However, there's also, with all things, there's this counter side. If someone is like so woke that it's like, oh, you can't say yeet because that's against. Mm. See, I think that's where the weaponization comes from is because people who are on the side of we don't want woke culture are pinpointing isolated things. In this series, She-Hulk is out here as She-Hulk roaming the streets, sometimes causing damage, and there is no damage control. Whereas in Miss Marvel, this teenage girl who was trying to save somebody was immediately investigated by damage control. Is that not calling out racism? So there's that. 
there's calling out misogyny. There's calling, not calling out, but calling out racism. And then there's pinpoint, there's straight up bullying because there are people who will pinpoint things like, oh, this person is saying that I can't use this term anymore. It's a weak target. So they can smash right through that and then say, look, we hate woke culture because it's people like this. I feel like that's where the hatred for woke culture comes from. Yeah, it's it, it. Honestly, it's a tough one to navigate because the Internet is so extreme. But you know what? You know what? You know, time out. Let's keep it positive. You're allowed to not like She-Hulk. I'm not yes, saying that you yes, you, yeah. you have to like <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> are we anti-woking people <laughs> by accident? No, 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 no. I don't think we are. I'm not saying that you are wrong for disliking She-Hulk. I just think that we need to look a little bit deeper as to why. why. I feel like asking these questions about She-Hulk will in turn make you ask questions about other things that we're consuming and the intentions behind them. And me saying that might seem off-putting, but that's because what I'm really asking is for some vulnerability and some honestness with oneself. And that's not typically something that is super warm and fuzzy. So when it comes to She-Hulk, I feel like really it's just challenging us to think, think about what we're consuming, even though it's such a light show. I think really that's the the meat of it. It's just, it's challenging us in ways that we are not used to being challenged. Is that even a proper sentence? Yep. Okay. (laughs) It is is challenging us. (laughs) Wake up. (laughs) It is challenging us in ways that we are not used to being challenged. And I think that is is causing some conflict, but I, I don't know if it should. No. Onto some lighter topics. Okay, let's get at it. <laughs> How did you feel about the ending? I was fine with it. It was very sitcom, I like very on brand. Yes. I also love that they were self-aware also in the CGI thing with mm-hmm. KVIN. Yes. It was like, uh, <laughs> like the- please do it off screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I was laughs> You're like, very expensive. <laughs> but it was like, what are they working on though? Uh, look out for a future episode, Black Panther 2. Okay, EVIN. Are we going to interview him? Can we? <laughs> K-E-V-I-N, if you are listening, whether you're in this world or not. My question is, how did She-Hulk escape her own show? Like, how did she come through? Yo, who Like, knows? what door? <laughs> That's knows? all I want to know is just what door. But those are questions that don't have to be answered. I argue the opposite. <laughs> I need to know how these interdimensional Disney Plus doors work. How do I get in the MCU is what exactly. I'm Exactly. So, okay. Luke Jacobson, a, a, a question was raised in my mind because with the introduction of Matt Murdock in the Netflix series, the person that made his suit was this guy named Melvin. Right. So it just begs the question, where's Melvin? That could raise the question or further raise the question, elevate the question. Mm. Is this a different universe? Hmm. 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 See, that's that is the question. <laughs> that is the unanswered. So that's question. that's why I hope when Daredevil the show comes out, they do address the Netflix version. What if there's two different Daredevils? If that's the case. Then I hope they just let us know that that's the case. Because <laughs> like, I, listen, I don't care if it's if it's a different Daredevil. If it's a different Daredevil, it's a different Daredevil. Yeah. Like that's there's no comparing after that. It's just like, <laughs> oh, there's that one, and then there's also that one. Mm-hmm. But Netflix Daredevil was arguably perfect. I'm not sure how how I feel about this new Matt Murdock. Well, we've only seen him interact on a sitcom level. Which is why I'm holding a criticism exactly, until exactly. we see it. I think it. we have to. We have no choice because this was a very um, specific scenario that he was in. It was really nice to see him back in his oh, suit, yes. though. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. He did all his own stunts. Apparently, the production team did not know that was going to happen. That does not surprise he me. He just showed up and was like, oh, I'm doing my own stunts. In some point in communications, he, announced, he said that. And they were like, oh. 
okay. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. That dude is no joke. Yeah. It wasn't about Daredevil, the mm-hmm. show. So not an actual criticism. I just hope that in Daredevil, we get one of those classic one-shot Daredevil fight scenes. Yeah, I feel like we will. I mean, look at how impressive the fight scenes have been in both Hawkeye and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. There was some cool stuff in those shows. There was. And I mean, the Disney MCU is no stranger to interesting and eye-catching sequences. So I'm sure there will be some so. inspiration from the Netflix show. I hope so anyway. I just, my, my main hope really is I just want them to not rely on CGI. That's doable. Does K-E-V-I-N have all that <laughs> stuff mapped out in his head? Probably. Probably. Could we sit here for an eternity and think, oh, maybe K-E-V-I-N had that in mind? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and there's lots of MCU content to look forward to in the future. The CGI hopefully will only get better. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Oh, oh. got to talk about Scar. Oh, yeah. Okay, first of all, what's that hairline? It just took me off guard. <laughs> it, well, again, uh, the CGI for Hulk and intern Scar, not that great. Do you have any predictions for like what Scar is going to be? Do you have any insider knowledge as to who the mother is or anything like that? Nothing. Because Scar was introduced in She-Hulk. It might be one of those things where we don't see him again for a very, very long time. We might not see She-Hulk again for a very long time. Who's to say? I feel like that's probable. I have refrained from thinking about any sort of future for the characters that were involved, other than Daredevil, because we know there's more to come. But I have uh, refrained from making any predictions for any of the other characters that were either introduced or reintroduced in She-Hulk, simply because Kevin's in charge. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he owns the friggin' tablet the universe. that struck by lightning. <laughs> the Ten Commandments of the MCU. I think Kevin... Kevin might be Stan Lee. We have no proof that, you know, Walt Disney has cryogenically frozen his head. We don't have any proof that Stanley's brain is not in KVIN. KVIN. Oh my God. <laughs> and on that note, I think we should officially wrap up this episode before our heads explode. And we need a KEVIN. To I continue. just hope if they ever make, and even if it's like a short, like a 15 minute episode of just KEVIN, how he like does everything yeah, in yeah, that yeah. little like, room that he's in. Like they did with um, Trevor and the Ten Rings. <laughs> Okay, it's officially time to wrap up this episode before our brains explode. Before KEVIN shuts down. Exactly. (laughs) He's going to be like, no, they know too much. Uh, This has been the Geek Squared Show, the show where we talk about the things that we talk about. My name's Emma. I'm Tilly. If you liked this episode and you would like to see more, all of our socials are down in the description below. If you would like to give us a follow to stay up to date on new episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and just more of us. Also, below, you can find our Buy Me a Coffee if you would like to fund the chaos. We are heading into the final five episodes of the Geek Bird Show for this season. So we have some exciting stuff planned for you guys. Some of it's new, some of it's old, all of it's going to be fun. So until then, make sure you binge House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. You see Black Panther, catch up on Saga, and have a great day! Squarely in November. I am confused because this is coming out the first week of November. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you meant squarely as in the middle. Oh, is that what that means? I don't know. Well, well, we will consult a dictionary. (laughs) I just meant we were inside the square of November. (laughs) Oh, in the calendar square. (laughs) Mm. Okay, I will accept.